This is the Gallinach Masters Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host for the show. Gallinach Masters Cycling is a global community of 50 years and older cyclists who support each other to love life through riding our bikes. Each week we share inspiring stories from our riders around the world, showcase great places to ride our bikes and give tips to help you get fitter, healthier and more confident on the bike. Welcome everyone to this latest episode of the Gallinac Masters Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett and Foggy is back after a week in Auckland. How are you, Foggy? Jora, um, I'm much better now. I'm back at home in central Otago. <laughs> yes, yes. Back to the back to the wilds of uh, the South Island of New Zealand. Absolutely. Out of the traffic. Yeah. 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 And delighted to um, introduce our guest, um, who is Steve Johnson. Steve, pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you very much. Um, we're going to come to Steve, who's going to tell us um, about his amazing life in cycling and for a period not in cycling, but sit definitely back in cycling now. So we'll hear, we'll hear from Steve in a few moments. But first, Foggy, what did you get up to in Auckland? Oh, I, I spent a week um, up there training um, instructors for the New Zealand Transport Agency. They're, they're, they're bike skills instructors um, that deliver training to kids in schools and trying to make them uh, better road users. So we, we've got a strong belief that if we can get them out on bikes on the roads, then they'll be better drivers later on. So my, my job was actually training the instructors. So it was quite good fun. Um, it's, just, it's just always hassle when you're in Auckland because it's busy. But uh, yeah, all good fun though. Yeah, so back back home now, back to the trails. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Back on the trails. Uh, I was really lucky um, to get a, a look in at the the brand new trail. Went with the trustees and the operators, uh, the trail operators, for a ride down the new trail that's just been built at Lake Dunstan, which is stunning. And I, as soon as um, I'm allowed to, I'll be sharing some pictures on Gallanac just to, uh, to show you what we're doing. That's excellent. Well, I've, I've been... Um, been Training away. I'm not going to talk about the weather because it's been rotten here. <laughs> um, but yeah, been 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 training away um, and look, seeing the racing season is starting to take shape. The the fixture calendar is starting to fill up. Um, so that's that's good. So certainly it looks like we'll be racing again in uh, certainly by the summer, maybe even late spring, but def- definitely by summer. And I'm Excellent. also going to commit commit to my 240 mile ride. Um, around mid June, I'm just going to decide which which weekend it is, but try and do it around um, you know the weekend before or after midsummer. So more on that in a, in, a, in another episode. Awesome. Um, so delighted delighted to welcome um, Steve uh, Johnson to our podcast. So Steve, you've got a bit of a story to tell about um, cycling in your youth and cycling now, and what happened between then. So yeah, tell t- tell us your story in cycling. My story in cycling, um, I started cycling as a kid. Um, I come from humble background, so my mum and dad couldn't afford a bike for me. Um, that was back in the um, sort of late 60s, early 70s. So we used to um, have friends that had bikes and I'd borrow their bike off them and go and nick it as often as I could and um, ride around the local streets as fast as I could and um, got 
really interested in cycling. And um, it was the days of world of sport when cycling used to come on probably once once or twice a year. So we used to watch on a little black and white TV and obviously used to watch Eddie Merckx and people like that, Bernard Tevenet, and got really sort of interested in it. And um, there was a local shop by where we lived. I lived in Birmingham at the time, um, in King's Eve. There was a shop called Tommy Godwin, who's a legend in his own right. And uh, I used to go and look in his shop window and look around his shop and look at the bikes that I knew I couldn't afford. Um, I was still at school at the time, probably about 15 then. And um, got talking to Tommy Godwin and... uh, I managed to get a job as um, an apprentice silversmith in the jewellery quarter of Birmingham. I was earning something like £3 a week. (laughs) And Tommy um, sort of gave me a bike where I paid him every week. It was all an unofficial credit thing, but Tommy's love of cycling was massive, as you probably know. And uh, so got the bike and uh, off I went, riding the lanes of uh, Whiffall and Worcestershire. Joined the club called the Saracen Row Club. I met a guy called Paul Carbert, who was an absolute inspiration to me. And uh, rode with Paul a few times. He, Paul showed me how to ride time trials and road racing. And uh, started doing time trials, won the club junior best all-rounder for two years running. Um, got one of my cups and medals presented by uh, Beryl Burton and uh, Mary Peters. It's a hotel in London, which was fantastic, an absolute privilege. I started winning road races and um, time trialling. And um, um, Tommy Godwin got um, hold of me and asked me to go and do some um, unofficial racing at Salford Park, which was an outdoor cycle track. And I'd cycle there, meet Tommy. He'd give me a track bike. I'd go and get all race all these juniors that he was getting at the time to race me and um crash cyclone you know as it was in them days you just did what you did and um tommy sort of put me under his wing and showed me a lot and taught me a lot and um had sort of great sort of future for me in cycling also he said and um the sort of bones of this is I discovered um, at the age of 18, I discovered alcohol and um, girls. And um, the cycling took a sort of back burner, much to the disbelief of a lot of people. And certainly much to the disbelief of my mum and dad, who supported me all the way through this. Um, Tommy tried to get me back into it, but um, I think it was a the mist of the alcohol and the girls that um, took over. Um, I fell out of love with cycling and fell in love with alcohol and um, girls. Uh, So it all went by the by. Uh, I didn't um, cycle anymore. Um, The bikes went. Um, So sort of four years of cycling went down the pan. Four years of training extremely hard through winters and racing and that went down the pan. And... um, I ended up in um, working for a construction company. So it was every morning. It was uh, breakfast at 10 o'clock, which was fried food. Um, Lunchtime would be chippy lunch. Three o'clock would be the pub. 
Um, drink as much as you can before tea time or dinner time at six o'clock. And then it'd be takeaways and um, Chinese and whatever again, and then get up in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, go to work. Done that for probably 30 years. Uh, I, I stopped weighing myself at, um, at about 21 stone. Um, and in 2018, I was um, under the doctor with high blood pressure and a borderline diabetic. Um, and I was classed as obese at the hospital because I had knee problems. So when I'd go, I'd be classed as an obese patient. And um, it's a very, very hard word to sort of come to terms with. Yeah, okay. obese. Yeah, okay. um, you know, um, you know, even fat is not so bad. But when people say you're obese, I think it's an actual worse word for me personally than the word fat. And um, it started to sort of hit home to me and um, started to worry me a lot. And especially with my health deteriorating the way it was and the drinking I was doing. Um, and my, my dad, uh, my dad died. Um, he had several heart attacks. My dad died. And then shortly after my dad died, dying, I found my mom dead in the house. And um, I sort of looked at myself and sort of had to have a look at my life. And um, in 2018, uh, late 2018, December 2018, I said to the wife, I said, um, that's it. And she said, what do you mean, that's it? I said, um, there's no more drinking. You know, it's uh, healthy food. I don't know more um, fats or anything like that in the house. Um, I've, I've been researching it on the inter internet to know how to do it. I need protein. I'm going to cut down on my carbs and I'm going to go to a gym. Um, cycling didn't come into it then. Um, so I joined the local council gym because I say we come from humble surroundings. And um, I kept on going to the gym and turning up for the appointment, which you had to have as an introduction to the equipment. And I wouldn't go into the gym. So I did that about five times before I got the courage to actually go to, go inside to do the introduction. And I went there with the biggest tracksuit you could ever wish to see, um, all bundled up and, you know, looking as you would do after sort of 30 odd years, 40 years of drinking and fried food. Uh, got an introduction to the gym, started doing that. Um, hated every single bit of it. Uh, they had an exercise bike there, um, which was a box standard gym type bike, not even a watt bike. And I got on that and um, I'd done about a minute on it. And I just couldn't believe how exhausted I was and how ill I felt after that minute. And then every I, I used to go to the gym sort of four times a week. Uh, I cut out all carbohydrates, so all the heavy carbs like bread, pasta, um, potatoes and all that, cut all them out. So exercise was very difficult for me because of the energy levels. Um, so the minute went to two minutes on the, on the exercise bike, two minutes went to three and so on, and then it was 10 minutes. And uh, I said to my wife, I'm going to go and buy a bike, push bike. And she said, are you crazy? I said, no. I said, I'm going to go and get one. Um, so I went to Ribble <laughs> to their factory and uh, bought a push bike. 
and uh, I, used, I was cycling from my house and um, there was a motorway bridge near where I live and as you know a road with a motorway bridge the road always inclines so you've always got something like a seven or eight percent rise on it to the bridge and um, I, I used to cycle to that it was only about two miles from my house and I'd be absolutely exhausted sometimes you just have to walk up this incline and I'd just stop at the bridge and then ride back and I kept doing that and then the weight started coming off me um, I started losing a lot of weight um, very quickly I was losing something like a stone a month yeah. um, and then uh I just I joined the cycling club, social cycling club. Um, so mainly to go out in group rides and that, and um, that was great. Started doing that. Uh, my my three mile rides went to thirty miles. My thirty mile rides went to fifty. My fifties went to a hundred. I started doing sportifs. Um, I started going up hills in the Lake District. Uh, started realizing that there were more than five gears on a bike. So when I was racing, racing before, you know, there's only five gears. Um, so I understood, started understanding what the different cranks were because of none of that when I was a kid. And I realized that there were gears I could use, like a 32 at the back, and I could get off some of these mountains. <laughs> and um, that was it. You know, I fell in love with it again. And then I started doing time trialing. Uh, last year I did a twenty-two forty for me for one of my first tens, awesome. um, which I've got awesome. it just just before lockdown. Um, um, so yeah, um, that's it. I've completely changed my life. It's been an absolute change. I've lost over ten stone in weight. Um, I'm now a, a thirty waist rather than a, a forty-three or forty-four waist, what I was at the time. And um, I've never looked back. I've done loads of amazing things. Cycling has completely saved my life, basically. Um, without it, I probably would have died. I would have killed myself um, by continuing what I was doing. And um, now it's every day. I just can't wait to sort of get on my bike. I mean, behind me now, I've got the um, my bike set up behind me now in the in the spare bedroom. You know, where if it's that bad, the weather, you know, I get on that and, um, you know, I just do some... Um, swift stuff and whatever or trying a road um but i've learned all about power i've had some good people who um matt allen at um, bike fit manchester who's um, the owner of um, crimson performance you know he got onto my story matt does all my bike fits it, he's taught me such a lot you know with the new technology that's about um and how to read power and how to ride to power and tss score and stuff like that um, so my training now is really on track. Um, I'm doing well. I've got a load of time trials entered this year um, and a couple of road races this year, veteran road races. I race for um, um, British Masters um, cycle racing and I'm hoping to qualify uh, in September to go and represent Great Britain in um, one of the um, UCI uh, Masters races. Awesome, Steve. Yeah, that's a in inspiring story. That's a just, little snippet. That's yeah, a that's, little snippet. Of, uh, <laughs> I mean, I could tell you the water, but I did suffer with a lot of depression when I was going through the um, through the the actual transformation. Uh, I, I didn't talk to my wife for about three months, and I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't work. Um, there are negatives in this, and um, if you allow me, I can tell you some of the negatives if you wish. 
which are um, the the actual shock to your system is massive. I mean, the the doctors told me not to stop drinking because of the shock would be too much. Mm. Um, to gradually do it, but I didn't gradually do it. I just completely stopped. Yeah. I think there's something in there, Steve, about I mean, Foggy and I were talking about this before um, before you joined us, just about the, the athlete's mentality. Yeah. And you had it when you were young. Uh, yeah. yeah. But when you go for it, you go for it and you commit to oh, it. Oh, yeah, and you, absolutely. You, it's 100% you know, commitment. You, you're like, everything else yeah. is like secondary. Yeah. You go for it. And yeah. I, yeah. So that's, yeah, you, you, you've done that and you went through the pain of that yeah. to get to where you wanted yeah. to get to. And, uh, and also um, the the actual um, the what people don't realise is because I was so big I was twenty odd stone and now I'm only ten stone um, four. Um, it cost you a fortune in clothes. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> and, and nobody. I mean, I, I sort of tweet and um, I use Instagram and try to get all the some of these companies that give stuff to these ambassadors, but no one would make me an ambassador because I'm too old and nobody's bothered, and I probably don't look good on Instagram and stuff like that. So they're not bothered giving me giving me anything. I think I got um, a protein bar and a water bottle off a company once. And that's when I did my Lands End to um, Manchester ride. So, so can you, can you, Which, sorry to interrupt you, mate, can you remember what it was like carrying another one of you around? Um, you know what? I can tell you exactly um, what it was like. Um, what happens is you become a solid block. Right. So your body has no movement, right? Okay. So, um, like, if I can tell you now, just to do your shoelaces up. You know, it's a massive problem because you become this solid block wow. of inability. And when I was going through my transformation, I had to do yoga to get my body back into, even though I'd lost the weight, yeah. I was only yeah. sort of 10 stone something. I had no m mobility, like I couldn't lift my foot up like that now. Wow. You know, I couldn't do anything like that because I had no mobility right. because my body was not used to actually moving like that. No, I get that. I, so yeah, that, becomes, that's weird, isn't it? I mean... Incredible. Yeah, so even now I still do yoga now. Yeah, you know, just to keep my body supple and mobile. Oh, well, um, yeah. But you, you just become a solid block of um, whatever it is. But, uh, you, I, I, when I, when they did my reading at the, um, I had all the professional tests done of my body and what it was and what it was doing, and I was uh, I was forty eight percent fat. Gee, that's in, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's fat. incredible, mate. And I. I, I Absolutely, yeah. just think it's wonderful what you've done. Yeah. So well done, yeah, awesome. Yeah. I have, um, I have um, twelve percent body fat now. Yeah, well, well, that's normal. You know, at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. that's in but, uh, incredible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is the massive transformation, and uh, you know, times, you know, you do go through ups and downs with it, yeah. um, as yeah. you do with any sport. Yeah. But when you've got the added, the added bit of um, the losing the weight and understanding how to lose the weight. Yeah. I mean, I did all this on my own. I didn't join any any um, weight loss clubs or nothing like that. You know, I just did it all myself. Yeah. And um, I'm helping, actually helping people now who are in the situation yeah. that I was in. And, um, you know, I've helped four people since my transformation to actually lose um, collectively um, nearly 50 stone. Wow. That's just incredible. Yeah. It's an attitude thing, isn't it, mate? Yeah. Ah, that's how I see it. Yeah. Is, you know, you've got the right attitude. Yeah, and well, it is. It. I mean, um, and the, the other thing as well, I think uh, when you did the cycling, remember when I did the cycling in the 70s and um, Tommy Godwin was going, Tommy Godwin's training was going by a 54 chain ring 
and go and do 200 miles a day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the training back then, <laughs> you know. And uh, winter training was, um, we had a bus route in Birmingham called the number 11 bus route. It's one of the longest bus routes in Great Britain. It's 27 miles long. And it was uh, winter training after work, go and ride that twice <laughs> every day. Yeah, it's proper old so, school. <laughs> you know, well, it was old school. And yeah. I think that because I was a kid and, you know, I still had the muscle memory of cycling, yeah, of even though I was so yeah. big, yeah. you know, I never forgot it. And yeah. um, I never understood it. Okay. You know, it was different because the cleats and stuff like that. When I was doing it, it was toe clips. Yeah. And I've still got my old cycling shoes now, you know, with the plates on the bottom and stuff like that. Um, so I had to learn all that. But once I'd learned, you know, sort of a few hours in the saddle and I've learned it, you know, it's as simple as that. And I remember the old style of riding, you know, elbows in and, you know, as aero as possible. You know, nothing much has changed, just the equipment's got better. It's incredible. I, I, I've got a picture in my head, mate, of like, the, you know, those Russian dolls and someone's took the top yeah. one off and there's yeah. you underneath. <laughs> Mate, well, um, you know, uh, to tell the truth, um, people have not seen me for a long time. I've seen a lady yesterday I've not seen for um, a few years, and she didn't know who I was when I turned up her eyes. Wow. Right. She didn't even know. And it was only the fact she recognised my voice. Yeah. Because your voice doesn't change. Yeah. And she just couldn't believe it. You know, she started crying. Yeah. You know, you know, she just couldn't believe the transformation. So how long does it take you to get that 10 stone off? Um, it took me about 12 months. That That is unbelievable, yeah. mate. Honestly, yeah. that's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, um, my, my diet now, and I'm not trying to sort of um, go into people and, you know, getting people's heads and tell them what to eat yeah. and what not to eat. My diet now is, um, I'd say, 95% of it is plant-based. Right, okay. Um, you know, I, I, I keep it. And, and since I've gone plant-based, I went plant-based about about 15 months ago, my recovery is massively different. Right. I've noticed the difference straight away mm. in recovery. So you don't uh, eat any meat at all? I don't eat any meat at all, no. Right. Um, I, I still have milk. Yeah. Um, I still have um, the odd eggs. Right. Um, but, but I'd say 95% of it is um, plant-based. Right. Yeah, but my recovery is massive. Mm. I mean, when I did the um, Lands End to Manchester, you know, I was doing something like 9,000 feet a day of climbing mm -hmm. and riding 140 miles a day. And the next morning I was getting up and there was no, I had no problems whatsoever. Wow. And I did that in, I did that in training to do Land's End to John O'Groats, but because of the lockdown, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I managed to get in um, Manchester to, um, sorry, um, Land's End to Manchester. Yeah. I managed to get that in, yeah. which I did in three days. Yeah, very. That's, I know that's it's impressive. no big. Deal. I know it's no big deal, but uh, just people done done the whole thing in yeah. like um, a day yeah. and a half. But but you know, I'm 63 years old. I think it's it. Yes, yeah, you can always. There's always people who are faster or can do things for longer, but it still that, just, yeah. uh, just still makes it impressive. It's really interested to hear that you kept your cycling shoes from your youth. Yeah. So was yeah. there something? Do you think there's something inside you that always wanted to be a cyclist again? And I maybe kept, that's a bit of a I symbol kept, of that. Well, I kept my newspaper cuttings and I kept um, my medals, um, the cups I had to give back, and I kept my cycling shoes, um, two pairs of cycling shoes, my racing shoes and my training shoes, and I still have them to this day. And uh, I don't know. Um, 
I don't know what it was, but it was some. I mean, we moved house and things like that, and I kept looking at them. Do I bin them? Do they go in the skip before we move house and stuff like that? And I never, ever did that. You know, I kept them with me. And I think it was uh, because, you know, when I was talking to Tommy, you know, um, good things were going to happen. You know, Tommy had ways, you know, he's with the Olympic Committee and all that. And it was on this sort of programme that Tommy was trying to get youth through to come into, you know, ride for Great Britain and eventually, you know, be entered to the Olympics. And I don't know how it worked in them days. I know it was probably different to how it, as it is now. Um, and it, I, I look back and I think, you know, if I hadn't have discovered the alcohol and the girls, you know, perhaps I could have rode for Great Britain, mm. you know. Um, who knows? I don't know. Um, and now I'm feeling now that, I'm trying to get back what I had, you know, trying to get something back what I what I could have had then, and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Mm. And, uh, because I think once you're competitive, you're always competitive. Yeah, yeah agreed. absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's there's something about cycling that's different from a lot of other sports. Certainly, yeah. athletics, running, where yeah. you can you can keep up a good level of performance. Well, yeah. you know, well into, I mean, I'm in my mid fifties now, you're in your early sixties. Yeah. No, you don't, yeah. I, you know, if anything, I still feel that like I'm improving a bit, but yeah. you're, you're getting better and better. I'm sure as you're, um, yeah, well, you know, I'm, as, as I'm riding more. now. Yeah. yeah. I'm riding now better because I, now I know, um, I train smart. Yeah. So I know how to train smart. Now in the old days, um, as you know, Tommy Godwin's still got the record probably for the most miles in a year, 50 odd thousand miles he rode in a year. Now them days have gone. You know, because you, you, your stress is uh, massive, mm. you know, you, you, you never recover from that riding. Um, so I know now, you know, I, um, I have training peaks. I know when my body's under stress. I know when I'm at peak. And I train for, I train now purely for, you know, to be on the peak performance when I do something. Yeah, quality, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's it. It's quality riding now. Yeah. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, I still go out and I do daft things like I'm doing. Um, a mid um, a midnight ride from um, Skegness to Liverpool. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, why do you want to go uh, to Liverpool, mate? <laughs> I'm, well, I know. Yeah, I can I've, say well, that. I've joined Liverpool. <laughs> I've joined the club Liverpool Phoenix, so the fourth fastest club in Great Britain. Oh yeah. We should yeah, just, so I'm part just, of their veteran squad. Just clarify for listeners that Foggy is actually from Liverpool before we get <laughs> complaints. <laughs> um, so he is there allowed to say that. I'm actually. allowed to yeah, say yeah. that. Okay. I was born in yeah. Liverpool, yeah. Like, I was born in Toxin. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, I still want to do the crazy stuff. And, um, you know, I still will do the Lands Edge of John O'Groats. But unfortunately, you know, with the lockdown and all that, you know, things would have slightly didn't work out for me. But I managed to get from Lands End to. Uh, to Manchester. Oh, so when are you planning the, the the full trip? Have you got a date for I've that? I've not got a date. No. Um, now we've now we come out of lockdown and we're looking to probably progress. Um, you know, which will be good. I mean, I can't do it without support. Um, it's as simple as that. So it's not just me; it's support as well. Um, you know, and I don't think anybody really. I'm not one who can go out with. Um, a load of bags on my bike and camp mm. overnight. You know, I'd, I'd need the support with it. Um, when I did the Manchester, when I did the Lands End to Manchester, I did. I stopped in bed and breakfast, so two bed and breakfast on the on the way back, um, which was great. You know, I didn't have a problem with that. Um, but I, you know, so it's not only me that has to be involved; it's also a support yeah. vehicle as well that has to be involved. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because obviously I'd have to do it over over sort of seven days. I couldn't do it over a short period, you know. So it's um, it's that as well. And um, nine times out of ten, my wife is the support vehicle. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's good. This is um, she's converted to cycling as well. Then by the side. She's, she's yeah. extremely converted to cycling. Um, she doesn't cycle herself because she's too nervous of the roads. And it wouldn't be safe for her to be on the roads, really, um, which is a shame. You know, um, I have taken her to quiet places, but she's just too nervous on the roads. Yeah, and I understand that because you've got to have a you've got to have a confidence on your bike, don't you, to cycle? Well, you have a confidence traffic. on the bike, and it yeah. all comes down to the handling. And it's yeah. something I never ever ever lost. You know, yeah. was my ability, even when I rode in a group again. You know, when I was cycling as a kid, I was sort of riding in, there was 70 of us in a road race. Even when I got back into riding with the club a few years back, I just got straight back into road, you know, into road conditions with a load of people mm. and didn't feel nothing of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, Fantastic. I don't think you ever forget that. Fantastic. Well, it's a fantastic story you've shared with us, yeah. Steve. And for, for any of our listeners that are, you know, if you, if you want to cycle yeah. and if you're, you know, overweight, unfit, yeah. you know, a bit scared of it, but want to do it, what would you say to them? I'd say to them, it's extremely hard to start with and you do feel that people are looking at you. Um, and, and you know, it's, it's you're conscious that people are looking at you, but they're probably not. I mean, even if you just go out and do a mile a day, you know, just ride around your block because that riding around the block will become so easy after a month mm. and then just go a little bit further and a little bit further. Once you start getting into the country lanes, I mean, some of you might be lucky enough to live in the country. I wasn't. I lived in the town. So for me to get out of my town was five miles. You know, but once I cracked that five miles, the world was my ice to me. Mm. It's as simple as that. And it was unbelievable. It's something I never looked back on. And once you start the drug is unbelievable because you will not stop and you'll want to do more and you'll and go go out and do your sporties because a great way of meeting other like-minded people and what how do you feel about yourself now compared to how you felt feel, previously you know what um, i've never felt proud of myself but i have started to now um, when i was doing it i thought what a mess i've got myself into is what I started feeling. But now I started feeling proud of myself, and I think I've achieved a lot, uh, even though I'm saying that myself. You know, I feel like I've, I've done a great achievement in my life now from going to what I was, um, going to the middle bit where I had all my weight on and ending up the way I'm now, and having the chance to cycle and race again and ride with other like-minded people and go out on a Sunday to a calf stop and having the cake and all that. You know, which is, you know, you know, that's the cyclist seven, <laughs> cap stuffs and um, cake. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why we do it, I think. <laughs> but the good thing about it now, I can eat what I want. Yeah. You know, and um, and that was the problem when I did my uh, Land's End to Manchester, was actually getting the calories inside me, getting the food inside me, because I struggled, because I was, lo I was burning up probably six or 7,000 calories a day. Mm. And I was trying to eat, you know, keep it eating. Um, and like I said, once you've lost the weight, you can eat what you want. Mm. But keep cycling. Yeah, That's keep cycling. You've got, to do. you've got to keep cycling. Keep cycling, absolutely. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us today, Steve. Really enjoyed listening to you and you've been a great inspiration. Um, and and good luck with the, the racing that's coming up 
um, soon and with your plans for that. Thank you. Yeah, well Thank done, Thank you mate. very much indeed. Foggy, well any, any yeah. final words to say? No, just uh, I'm blown away. Just uh, incredible. Well done, mate. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Well done. I'd love to come and visit you, Foggy. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a queue. Bring, some trails. Yeah, bring your wife over and I'll, I'll take you around the trails. No problem at all. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, there's a queue of people going to be knocking at Foggy's door. <laughs> yeah, when, we're, uh, we're, we're booked up for a while. When the, when the borders open, yeah. we're booked up for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, great stuff. Thanks, guys. Magic. Thanks very much indeed.